Hello, everyone. Welcome to Her Journey Podcast, where we talk with incredible, talented, and powerful women about their experiences. My name is Aline, and I'm your host, and today I'm joined with Izzy, an astrophysics researcher and advocate for gender equality in STEM. So yeah, feel free to just tell the audience a little bit about your background, about who you are, and what you do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited and honored to be here. Um, As already stated, hi, my name is Izzy. I am 18, almost 19 years old, and a rising sophomore at Barnard College of Columbia University, where I am majoring in computer science and minoring in education. I basically spent my entire childhood dreaming of becoming an astrophysicist when I grow up and have had a lot of ups and downs when it comes to pursuing STEM, but now speak proudly about my journey and experiences growing up as a girl in STEM and ultimately my objective when I'm giving these talks and I speak at a lot of different talks and workshops, I really just want to inspire and encourage my audiences to follow whatever it is that they're passionate about, to say yes to that STEM passion and use it to change the world. Wow. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. I absolutely love that. And so obviously you have a really huge focus in STEM, whether it's in your speaking or the work that you do. So when did you originally gain an interest in you know, STEM in general? And how did you explore this interest when you were younger? Yeah, great question. So my first real taste of STEM, I guess you would say, is when my parents took me to a planetarium visit at the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. If you've seen the Night at the Museum movies, uh, that is where they were filmed. And I went to a planetarium show there, uh, so a space show basically. And I remember sitting there, leaning back in these chairs and you basically look up and it feels like you're floating around the middle of the universe. And I thought to myself, I was about, as I said, I think already I was eight years old and I thought to myself, oh my God, people can spend their entire lives studying space. Okay, cool, sign me up. So if you asked me between the ages of eight and 17, what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would have proudly stated an astrophysicist. And this passion really took me all throughout my childhood. Um, It was kind of what kept me grounded. And I had a lot of ups and downs, as I mentioned, just with pursuing math and science classes, especially in middle school. Uh, I had some not great experiences with my math and science teachers. I actually was told by my advanced math teacher that he recommended that I drop out of advanced math. Um, I failed the test to place into advanced science um, and kind of had a lot of no's surrounding me, especially at, you know, in middle school, it's such a transitional um, and influential time in a lot of young girls' lives. And I had a lot of reasons to quit STEM, you know, take these no's, take these not good test scores or not getting letters telling me I got into most advanced classes and, you know, take it and say, you know what, I guess STEM isn't for me. But because I had this underlying passion for astrophysics that was super, especially supported by my mom back at home, it really kept me going and I ended up sticking with math and science classes. I took the most advanced math and science classes that I could at my high school. And it was really in high school that I began to think to myself, you know what? I've been saying my whole life that I want to be an astrophysicist when I grow up, but I'm not really doing anything in my present day to really explore and get hands-on experience with this interest. So I started reading lots of books around my sophomore year of high school. I 
created this journal that I called Educate Yourself, where I would always have a book by some different physicist or astronomer, and I'd read and I'd take notes, I'd write on, on post-its, and I'd write my post-it notes into this notebook, and I was basically trying to build my own personal astrophysics resource for myself. And then I took my passion to the next level, and I said, you know what, I want to actually be in a real classroom environment where I can learn about these topics that I'm supposedly so interested in. So then I learned that the museum that I mentioned earlier, where I first discovered that interest in STEM and astrophysics, uh, has tons of incredible uh, after school classes and they offer classes on the physical science track on the life science track so I applied for my first class there and I got in so my first real astrophysics class I took was my junior year of high school where I took secrets of the solar system and it turned out that that class and another one I took were actually prerequisite classes for one of the most incredible opportunities that I've ever had in my life that is offered by the museum that's called the science research mentoring program where juniors and seniors that get to conduct real research under scientists at the museum. And it was through that program that I, I played, I got into it and was so lucky to have and hold an astrophysics internship at the museum. So I conducted research under a postdoctoral fellow named Johanna Voss and we studied brown dwarfs for um, a whole year all throughout my senior year. And my team actually discovered a brown dwarf 66 light years away, which is incredible. Um, so I think back to little 12 year old me who I, you know, back when I was getting told I wasn't good enough for advanced science and I wasn't good enough for advanced math, I really remember thinking to myself, oh my God, how the heck am I ever going to become an astrophysicist one day if I can't even do well in seventh grade math and science classes? Um, and I think back to that version of me and just how proud she would be that that same girl who didn't think she was smart enough to, to, to pursue math and science is the same girl who discovered an object in space five years later. So um, that's kind of a little bit about my story, um, more particularly with, with astrophysics um, and my experience growing up with this passion. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I think it's so amazing that you were able to, you know, connect that, you know, that initial interest that you had to kind of what helped you to dive deeper into that subject through that internship. And I think it's seriously so amazing that you really took the initiative to look out for those opportunities that you could find so that you could really dive deeper into this interest and, you know, honestly, just look into all different types of aspects within that subject. So that's honestly so amazing. And I know that in general, uh, research is a pretty big part of your life. And I know that there are lots of different aspects to STEM. And you talked a little bit about how you were able to find that opportunity in your research internship. So do you have any tips for high school students to kind of find similar research opportunities like yours, um, you know, in various different types of STEM subjects? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, you know, you kind of touched on it there, like so much of the opportunities that I've been able to have have just come from me keeping my eyes open, doing my own research on literally just Google and, you know, trying to find, you know, taking what I already know that I'm interested in and just seeing what exists out there. So I went to art school my whole life. I went to middle school for acting and then I went to high school for acting. If you know LaGuardia Arts High School, that's where Timothy Chalamet went, among others. Well, I also went there. Um, and, you know, in my high school, I never really had a lot of STEM opportunities because it was an art school. So because of that, I really had to be the one to, to look for these opportunities on my own. And I found that there's tons of great opportunities out there, even if they're not in your immediate vicinity. So my biggest tip for especially getting a scientific research 
um, position. If you are in a place where there is a science museum near you, those often have really great opportunities. Maybe it isn't necessarily always doing research. It depends on the type of museum. I'm lucky that the, you know, the Natural History Museum that is famous for its scientific research did, you know, I grew up in New York City. I, had, I definitely am really privileged to have grown up in a city with so many opportunities around me. But I think even if you, you know, you don't necessarily have a science museum, there's definitely a school of some sort. There's probably a university or a community college or some place where research is being done that is somewhat close to you. So I think that it's important for, you know, if you're if you're trying to obtain one of these um, opportunities, you got to know what's around you. Only you know your area the best, right? So I think that if you're able to, to decide for yourself, okay, well, what is it that I, I'm interested in? And what is it? What is the type of experience that I would most ideally like to get right now? And literally just start doing Google searches, put in, you know, professors, uh, research near me, scientific research positions. Um, maybe it's being a like a professor who is teaching at your community college or at a university near you. So I think that it's hard to give like a one-shot formula for how to get an opportunity like this yourself. But I think it's both a mixture of you deciding what it is that you really want to get so that you can be making the most specific Google searches and, and, and asking around. I was someone that, you know, my school did not really have these opportunities. So I didn't really think to be asking um, teachers or, or counselors at my school, but maybe your school is. So I think a great place to start is just by asking teachers at your school. Maybe you're asking your math and your science teacher at your school if they know of any research being done. And you really want to put yourself out there. And honestly, you'll find that people want to see you succeed. If you're saying, hey, I'm really interested in doing this thing. Like, do you have any advice for me? someone is bound to have some bit of advice for you. So get real with what you're looking for and just any place where you think there might be someone or something that can help you, go to those places and start doing that work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that is definitely really useful advice. And I think it definitely is about actively looking for those opportunities. And like you said, there isn't really one formula for doing that. But I think that you know, just looking around you and trying to connect with people who might have opportunities for you is just a really great place to start. So definitely really useful information. And so focusing in, you know, a little bit more on your own research specifically, I'm wondering if you are still conducting research and if that research is, you know, similar to the type of topics or research that you conducted in your internship, for example. Yeah, so I actually, my interests have in the past year really evolved quite a bit. Um, I participated in Code with Clossy last summer. So I did the two-week web development program and it really sparked a new interest in me, which is pursuing computer science, particularly computer science education. So as I said now, um, I am now a computer science major with an education minor at, at Barnard. And I had spent my whole life planning on majoring in astrophysics. I applied to every college as a prospective uh, astrophysics or astronomy major. But once I did Code with Clossy, um, my interest really shifted because I really learned about all of the issues that especially exist, you know, in STEM, in the STEM community at large, but particularly in the computer science space. Um, and I began to think a lot about, well, 
what can we do to make these spaces more inclusive, especially for women and girls, but really anyone who isn't a cis white male. So now I'm doing a new research project actually at Barnard that I haven't talked too much about to the world yet because I kind of see this as the beginning of my life's work of focusing around CS education. But Barnard, I love Barnard, great place, a great school, great people. But Barnard only has its own computer science, to, um, its own computer science program as of January 2019. So normally, what happens is with Barnard students, you major, in, you can still major in computer science. Many students have before 2019, but your major is entirely housed at Columbia. And I really have a vision for the future of Barnard CS where it can be this oasis for girls, especially girls who have done girls who code or, or code with Clossy to come and continue their CS educations in spaces that have the same collaborative, supportive, predominantly women vibe. So I'm doing a whole research project now um, with my main subjects being uh, CS alumna, um, and then current juniors and seniors uh, majoring in CS at Barnard, and then people like me who are um, current uh, first years and sophomores who are potentially majoring in CS at Barnard. And I'm really trying to figure out, well, what does the ideal CS college space look like? What is the ideal computer science program for especially a young woman to attend to then take these coding skills and go change the world or whatever aspirational thing you want to put there. So this has been a really interesting uh, project that I've been working on. And I've never done, you know, I've, this is only my second time doing any type of research, but it's quite different than the astrophysics research that I'm doing, because what I'm focusing on and, and who my subjects are and what my data is, is people, is students and their feelings and their dreams of what the future of, of Barnard's computer science can look like. Um, so I have a partner on this project who is an actual adult, which is interesting because I'm used to doing a lot of things either on my own or with other people my age. Um, and we're, we're, we're still kind of figuring out my what my sole research question is, but ultimately it's along the lines of what does the future of Barnard CS look like to Barnard students and how can we ensure that we're developing a program that really meets the needs and wants of Barnard students. Um, so I can definitely talk more about this project once I've actually sent out surveys. That's the step. That's step one. We're really just trying to get a baseline understanding of what are people's current issues with CS at Barnard or really their experience in Columbia CS classes to then take those experiences and really use that to determine the direction that we want to take the project in. So one of the main goals that I'd like to hopefully have the data show from this project is that Barnard students don't want to be taking all of their CS classes at Columbia. We want to be taking them at Barnard in a Barnard-like environment. So I'm hoping that the data, I kind of have a lot of my own hypotheses on, on where the project will go based on my personal experience as, you know, an aspiring CS major. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to actually send out these surveys and actually see what students have to say. And from there, figure out the next steps and being able to fight and advocate for the best computer science program for Barnard students. Yeah, absolutely. That's so amazing. And I think your research topic sounds really incredible as well. And I think that just goes to show that it's totally fine if you do decide to kind of change your path in life. Um, and it really is about the experiences that you have. So I think that's amazing that you're working on this incredible research project right now. 
And I also know that, you know, you're a pretty open advocate of gender equality in STEM. And so is this project what led you to really center yourself on this mission or cause? Or was there, you know, another reason why? Yeah, thanks so much. Um, So I guess, yeah, I think that there was definitely a turning point for me when I did code with Classy, and and the real reason I actually so I vlogged all of my time in code with Classy, and I would record you know what I learned that day or like how I was feeling that day and there's the actual video of me saying that I think I want to be a computer science major when I really started to learn about the gender gaps that exist particularly in in the tech world um, and really just I I knew that you know I, I know the statistics I know that that engineering that there's only, you know, it's made up by only 18% women. And I know that I, I always understood from afar, I guess, that, you know, the tech world was not an equal place or an equitable place, especially for women. Um, but I think that it was when I did code with Colossi and I watched, a uh, we watched an excerpt from a documentary called Code Debugging the Gender Gap, which is a great, I need to finish that movie because I never finished it. Um, but I remember when I was watching, it, I literally had a notebook and I'm scribbling down all this information. I was just really enthralled because I had no idea that this was the way that it was, I guess. And I'm really someone like when I see a problem, that is really exciting to me because that means that there's an opportunity for a solution. So I'm really big on, on you know, as even I'm really big on, you know, I don't see issues. I mean, it, I guess it depends, you know, how how emotionally draining they are and how, how difficult they are on me particularly. But for the most part, when I see a problem and like when I look at STEM at large and I can talk about the different issues that exist in the STEM community, to me, it's really exciting because I think that there are so many young people who recognize that these problems exist and are coming up with different ways to try to combat these issues. I mean, in the past year, I've now spoken at over 30 different student-led STEM organizations, different events that they're hosting. And there's so many young people who recognize that we need to do something to make these spaces more inclusive for girls in particular. Um, And so I think that what did heighten this interest of mine is when I did get to Barnard and I kind of was expecting, oh my God, you know, I just did co with Clausey. What better place to continue to pursue my computer science education than at a school whose mission so closely reflects that of co with Clausey's. And I was quite disappointed to find that the way that computer science works at, at Barnard is that you have to take all of these classes at Columbia. And it was really in these Columbia classes where it is this more predominantly male environment. My professor didn't even say the word Barnard the entire year. I was just another Columbia student, which is true in some ways, but also I really identify with going to Barnard and, and being a Barnard student. Um, and I was in a class with over 400 people that the chat never stopped going. The only people that would really speak in the class were the guys. And of course, it was all over Zoom. So who knows what my experience would have been in person. But I really had a tough time in this class. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, if I am someone who is already so passionate about computer science and is someone who has kind of this bigger why of why I'm majoring in computer science, which is to show partially that if I can do it, you can do it. If I'm someone that has these big, this big, these big dreams, and I am feeling like I am not capable enough of being in this class, and I'm thinking about, am I even smart enough to be a CS major? This has got to be a feeling that's a lot more widespread. Um, so I think it was when I was actually in these spaces for the first time when I really experienced what it meant to be a girl in a college computer science classroom that 
I began to realize that we have a lot of work to do um, and that Barnard has an opportunity to do it differently, that Barnard can be the place where girls can go to continue their computer science educations and environments that actually reflect their needs and wants. Um, and just, you know, I think that it was kind of a culmination, I guess, to back to your question of a lot of different experiences that were all happening at a similar time. But I definitely think the more time I've spent working on this project, which I've now been working on it since September, I talk about this all the time. And it's really begun to sink in a lot more and, and feel even more personal that, you know, we do continue this work, that I do whatever I can to ensure that the future of Barnard Computer Science meets the needs and wants of current Barnard students. Yeah, absolutely. That's so incredible. And I think that, you know, you've had this really amazing kind of journey with STEM and learning about these different challenges that come with being a woman in STEM or a minority in STEM. And so with these challenges or with these obstacles you faced, I'm wondering if you have any maybe lessons you've learned or specific messages that you hope to really emphasize in your advocacy work for equality in STEM? A hundred percent. I mean, I think that for me, there have just genuinely been so many times where I could have just listened to the outpouring of no's or kind of projections from whatever it is that was around me that had somewhat to do with science and math and STEM. And there's been so many times where I could have been like, yep, that's that. This is not for me. This is too hard. This is, I'm not smart enough. No one thinks I can do this, blah, blah, blah. And because I've had this underlying belief in myself at the end of the day, this underlying thing that I was really interested in growing up, that was astrophysics. Because I had that, but I also, it was that I had this passion on my own, but that I also had someone that that continued to support me, that regardless of how, you know, what the world was saying to me, that I had someone who was cheering on that voice that I knew deep down that I had what it took to do whatever it is I wanted to do. Um, because I had my mom who was always there, always cheering me on, it really enabled me to continue to say yes to my own interest, to continue to believe in myself. And eventually me saying yes to myself, cheered on by her saying yes to myself, was strong enough to to, to push the nose out of the way and uh, enable me to keep going on this track of pursuing STEM. So that's why so much of what I want to do is be that cheering on for other girls, to be a cheerleader for people that might necessarily you know, might not think that STEM is the right path for them or might not think that they're smart enough to do it, to be there, to just cheer them on and to say, you know what, and it isn't even, you know, my mom's voice, like, of course, it was so important enabling me to continue, but there was me deep down who knew that I could. So really what I want to do is just for anyone who is having doubts, who isn't sure that STEM is for them, some part of them believes that it is because they're already pursuing it, right? So to just be that voice, to continue to cheer them on, to be the applause while they're standing on stage debating whether or not they're going to stay up there or maybe they should run off because it's too scary or too this or too that. I really want to be the person that just cheers them on. So I think that what this gets at is the importance of mentorship in the STEM community and especially to have people that that you can look to. I know for me, I'm so lucky that I had my mom, but I didn't have any cool young high school girls or maybe college girls to look up to as a middle schooler when I was, you know, trying to decide or feeling like I wasn't necessarily good enough to do this. Or even in high school, you know, I was taking STEM in school, but I didn't really have many people around me who were interested in what I was interested in. I didn't really have many people to look up to. So that's why I try to be so active on social media now too, because we live 
I don't need to say it a million times, but we live in a digital age and COVID and all that jazz, right? But I think that the importance of, of seeing people, even if it just means on social media, but to see someone on social media proudly pursuing STEM and proudly telling you that you can do it too, I think that that really does go such a long way. So a lot of what I am trying to be is, you know, to be what my mom was for me, but also to be what I wish I had, which was someone who was young, who wasn't, you know, who was just getting through it as much as I was, a little bit ahead, so a little bit that I could look up to that person, but not some crazy accomplished, you know, super whatever you value or deem as successful. I'm nothing like that. I'm a student just like everyone else's, right? I'm still figuring it out. My interest is still evolving and changing every day, but I'm honest and I'm, I'm transparent about my journey and my experiences. Um, and I think that that is so important to see in the STEM space um, and really what I believe is so important for, for girls to be able to see, to keep, to keep pursuing STEM. So I think that, you know, if you're a young person, like you have to have that inner confidence, that inner belief in yourself that, and, and listen to that, maybe it's a quiet voice, but there's some voice that's gotta be in you telling you that you can do this, that if you want it badly enough, you can make it happen. But also to be active, to be looking for people who they, who you can look to for inspiration. Um, and really that, I think that partnership between having this inner belief in yourself, but also looking for people that can mentor you, that you can look up to. I think that that is the recipe for success in this world and especially in the STEM community, in the STEM community, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I completely agree with that. I think that it's a really great point that you brought up that really you just need to have people around you who can mentor you or help you through whatever you need to get through or learn. And I think that, you know, having a mentor in your life can be incredibly helpful, whether it's in STEM or really any other subject. So I think that's amazing that you kind of brought that up. And I think it's really great advice to share with the youth. And so, yeah, I mean, well, I know, obviously you do a lot. I mean, you do research, you do public speaking, you have a lot of experience with coding and, you know, kind of advocating for this specific cause. And so what would you say is your favorite part about what you do, whether it's in any of these specific subjects? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, probably my favorite part is at the end of every talk I give, I try to leave room to, to, for Q's and A's. Um, and I find that it's really like answering questions and giving people the opportunity to, to just ask me whatever they want to ask me that I find that I feel like I'm being the most impactful, um, and the most helpful. Um, I care so much about the potential to impact someone's life to, to the potential to inspire someone the potential of making someone believe in themselves enough to stick with whatever they're sticking with um and opportunities where i get to like see my work paying off when someone like shoots me a dm telling me that they applied to code with classy because of me or i actually do something which is kind of funny i don't talk about that much but basically anytime anyone has ever I guess, given me not validation, but like in some way said that something that I've done has, has helped them in some capacity. I take a screenshot every single time and I have an album on my phone um, that I'm now realizing can like work as like testimonials maybe for like why someone would want to work with me or something or partner with me on something. Um, but really like to be able to know that I am making a difference um, and that I am at least helping one person with their own their own STEM journey or their own journey in general. Um, 
really just makes me feel so, so happy. I think that probably one of the happiest I've, I've ever felt is after the first talk I gave, which was on July 5th. I spoke at the Girl Genius Magazine conference and I, I talked about my internship and how to go off and get your own science research internship. Um, and I think the talk was called Astrophysics Researcher, but make it a high schooler, um, which was fun and quirky of me. Um, and I remember, I mean, that talk is actually funny because it's the first one I've given, but it's still my largest audience to date. I think I spoke in front of like 350 people, which is a lot for your first time speaking. Um, and I just got this outpouring of DMs after telling me how much they liked my talk or how much they liked my energy and how they were like, feeling super inspired and just just such nice kind words and responses that I got from people um and it was the first time I was like you know what like I do have a story worth sharing it that was the first time I really talked about my experience growing up in STEM and I kind of you know I dream of giving a TED talk one day I always have had these like big goals and I kind of thought for a long time you know like I'm a 17 year old I was 17 at the time like I don't have anything worth sharing yet like I just know I want to someday but I think it was really rewarding to know that I, I do have experience worth sharing already and that I do have a story that's that's worth talking about and and it has the capability of, of impacting other people um and it was kind of when I was like, you know what, like I can do this. Like I can share, I can be proud about my story. I can be proud about my experiences because at least someone out there is resonating with it. And if at least one person is, then I'm doing something right. Um, so that's probably, I don't even remember what the question was at this point, but um, yeah, that's a, that definitely feels out of all the stuff that I do. It's definitely a really good feeling that comes when you get that feedback and it's positive normally. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I think that it is just so rewarding to be able to see the impact that you're making, especially when you hear back from specific people and hear back from the experiences they've had and how you've helped them uh, through that. So I think that I definitely agree with you there. It is just so amazing to be able to see that direct impact that you make on someone else's life. And yeah, I mean, so in this current stage of your life um I mean obviously as I mentioned before you're doing a lot of really amazing work so what would you say that you are focusing on most right now you know in terms of the work that you do or the messages that you promote or you know any other aspect of your life yeah that's a good question um well I am on vacation for a week and I have social media deleted this whole week so I have this big crazy long list of things I want to accomplish this summer which I don't really recommend doing kind of just stressed me out a little bit because I put down like every single thing I ever want to do and think I can do it in two months and that's absurd um but I do have some projects that I've been working on um I don't want to give too much away because I think it'll be more fun if you end up seeing them on my Instagram. But one of them involves the phrase very STEM, very swag in a bunch of beads. Another one involves Notion and a bunch of templates. And another one, which is a little bit uh, less STEM related, but uh, my dad, who I talk a lot about my mom in all my STEM things, because I definitely think of my mom as my biggest role model. But my dad is kind of my my I guess secret sauce a little bit more in my genes and my personality which is that he is like the most creative dude ever he is a watercolor painter a New York City street photographer and an epic poet 
and basically is good at like most things arts related. Um, and so we're actually starting a little business together where we're gonna be selling prints of his artwork, um, of his watercolor painting. So I'm working on our Shopify website right now and gonna be figuring out like what is the best way to be marketing his work. Um, and so that's like a fun daughter father-daughter duo project that we got going on. Um, and I'm also just trying to relax a little bit this summer, but then uh, starting on the 12th of July 12th, I'll be teaching at Code with Classy for four weeks. So I'm gonna be teaching web development and design. Um, and this is gonna be super exciting for me because Code with Classy just like really has had a huge influence on my life and what I now wanna do with my life. And it'll be so great for me to actually have experience teaching at Code with Classy now. Um, and it's one thing to be a scholar, but I think it's a whole new rewarding process of actually being one of the teachers here. So I'm super excited about that. Um, and that is the main main stuff I've got going on this summer. Um, I'm definitely trying to, trying to gear up for the fall. Um, I have a meeting with my uh, my Barnard. Uh, it's called the actual project that I've, what I, the CS one I've been, talking about the CS education one that's called building a Barnard CS. So I have weekly meetings for that. Um, and I have a bunch of talks that I'm giving over the summer. I think I have like five or six talks lined up for the summer. Um, you know, tweaking my slides a little bit. I'm also trying to teach myself Adobe Illustrator because I just feel like it's a good thing to know. Um, and, you know, maybe checking out some other of this long list of potential products that I have. I definitely want to be messing around with a lot of cool graphic design stuff, also stuff with Notion. Um, I'm also hoping to work on uh, my own personal website, the website I have right now. Um, the T is that I actually did not use any code to create it. So I think I want to make a version of it that is completely done with code. Um, and yeah, I'm really trying to, you know, use the summer to both focus on myself and my products, but also definitely try to relax a bit. Um, I started reading an incredible book called Algorithms of Oppression. Um, and I would like to finish it because reading at college is really freaking hard. So I'm hoping that I'll have time to just read up on things that I'm interested in um, and, you know, both be doing work, but also relaxing. Yeah, awesome. I think that all these projects sound really exciting and I'm glad you're taking the time to relax as well. Um, and I think it's actually really cool that you're going back to Code with Classy. I think that's really amazing that you kind of, you know, looped around to what initially started all of this. So I think that's absolutely awesome and really exciting for you. Um, and yeah, I mean, just to kind of end today's session, I wanted to ask one more main question before you give any last tips or advice. Um, so yeah, do you have you know, any long-term goals or plan future for your career or your impact? I know we've talked a little bit about what you have planned for the summer, but is there anything, you know, long-term that you're kind of excited for or hoping to accomplish? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, my overall life goal, just as a person and kind of, I guess, the through line and, and most of the work that I do is I want to change the way people view STEM as a society. I basically want to rebrand just the entire perception that people have of STEM. And this is kind of, I guess, a broad goal, but I think that it's cool because I've noticed that basically everything I do kind of fits into this puzzle of, of in some way adhering to that goal. Um, and I kind of have embraced this goal or yeah this objective and really everything that i do i think of the phrase 
very STEM, very swag. Um, I use that all the time and it's kind of branded on a lot of things that I do because I want people to think of STEM as just straight up swag. I feel like so many people think of STEM as lame or boring or dull or scary or they're not good enough for it. And I really want to use this idea of swag and kind of write my own definition or, you know, rewrite my own definition of a bit that it's really that I want people to be excited by STEM. I want people to feel like regardless of what their gender, race, sexual orientation, economic status is, that there's a place for them in this community if they want to be a part of it. Um, and I think that there's so many different ways to adhere to this goal. I think it's about education. It's about what is it, how are we teaching STEM and what is it about STEM that we're teaching? I also think it's about just the presentation of information. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I'm so interested in particularly like web development and mobile dev stuff, you know, the stuff that the, the, the stuff that people actually interact with on a daily basis. How are we presenting it? How are we creating it so that someone wants to come back and use it again? And I use that same idea when it comes to, to information that we're presenting about STEM. It matters how we talk about it. And it matters, you know, the language that we're using and the colors that we're using when we're, when we're using this word. Um, and I think that, it's cool because I think a lot of my interests in STEM, like on the on a more um, topical level. So like I, I think that data visualization is really cool. As I just said, I think that web development is really cool. I think that, um, you know, ethics and, uh, you know, more about bias within algorithms, all that stuff is really important to learn about and know about. I think that all of my interests in STEM itself are part of what I want to use to reimagine and rebrand STEM. Um, also really into like marketing and branding and design I think that honestly probably my best skill set like forget about STEM or maybe this is a part of STEM rather is definitely like personal branding and just kind of the brand that I've created for myself and the way that I show up on the internet so I'm really trying to use all the things that are really true to my personality and my person to just think about STEM in a different way and get other people to think about STEM in a different way um, so we'll totally see what I end up doing with my life. I think that I, it could go a lot of different ways. I think that what's going to be true to it, no matter what, is that I will do and have a career that is true to me, that ideally that my career can exist around just being myself and advocating for what I'm advocating for and talking about things in the way that I want to talk about them. Um, and I'm really hoping that as I grow older, you know, I, I find more a lot of the things I talk about are definitely more theoretical, but I'm really hoping that as I grow older, I'll really be able to see some of these ideas make, have a tangible um, element to them as well. Um, and I think that a lot of my interest is education. Uh, it's why I'm minoring in it, because I think that education is kind of a all-encompassing way of, of of tackling this issue. I mean, especially if, if we think about CS education, if, if, and using Barnard as kind of my, not my guinea pig, but really using Barnard and being a Barnard student to inform the direction of the program, the, of Barnard's CS program, I think that a lot of that work can be replicated in other college environments, but also like K through 12 CS spaces. So I'm definitely someone that tries to use all of the resources that I already have around me right now and find ways of, of connecting them. Um, and I'm excited to know what I'll be, answering this question to in, in a year because if I answered that question a year ago uh probably would have been a little bit different so I think that my my mission and my vision is always something that's evolving but um I think that as I grow older it's becoming a little bit more clear and clear and I'm honestly just really excited for my future mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I think these all sound like really incredible goals and 
again, I really just applaud you on all the work that you're doing because it seriously is just so amazing. The messages you're spreading and kind of everything that you're doing to make an impact on other people's lives. And honestly, in general, I think this has been such a productive and helpful conversation. And, you know, before we wrap up, I'd love to give you the chance to say any last pieces of advice or messages you want to send off to, you know, minorities or uh, women in STEM or youth looking to explore their passions in STEM. Um, And yeah, just anything you want to leave the audience with. Yeah, I mean, I really just want to make it clear that every single person, especially those who might not think that they can, can in fact succeed in STEM. I think that if you are someone that has that voice in your head that's making you curious about something in the STEM space, that it's on you to listen to it, to follow it, to let it guide you. The talk that I give the most is called saying yes to your STEM passion because there is something that is so empowering about believing in yourself and believing in what you're interested in and using that to follow and guide you throughout your life. Um, I think that it's what I want to make so clear is that I am someone that will always cheer you on, but there are other people out there in this space that are there to cheer you on, that it's on you to find them, to reach out to them, be bold, be brave, make connections with people. I have one girl that I now do calls with every single month because she reached out to me over a year ago now about asking to have a coffee chat with me, and we've basically become each other's mentor. We frequently update each other, and we cheer each other on for the work that we're doing in the STEM space. So there are people out there that want to see you succeed. And you've got to listen to them and listen to yourself and follow whatever it is that you're passionate about. Because even if you're impacting just one person, that is changing the world. And I think that that is so incredible. And it's so incredible to know that each and every one of us has the potential to make a huge impact. Even if it feels like we're not at first, if we're impacting one person this this day, one person the next day, all of a sudden your impact is going to go up and up and up. So follow what you're passionate about. Believe in yourself. I'm telling you that you've got it. Look for people to cheer you on, cheer yourself on, and just be excited by your future because there's so much to explore out there. And don't be afraid to let your passion evolve and grow and deepen as you get older. But just make sure that you keep saying yes to it, whatever it turns into, because I really believe that you can use it to change the world. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so, so much for sharing. And honestly, thank you so much again for coming on today and sharing all these amazing insights and your journey in STEM and your journey in advocacy work. And yeah, thank you just so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me. Um, Do you have any platforms you'd like to shout out before we end today? Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for having me. This has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, If you are interested in keeping up with me and my journey and interested in, in having me be someone that can be a cheerleader for you in your life, I'm definitely the most active on Instagram. It's just at Izzy Lapidus. Um, pretty easy to find. My profile picture is a Memoji because I like it and I think that it's cute. Um, I am also, if you're a LinkedIn person, not really into LinkedIn because I don't like things that feel like the establishment, but I get it, LinkedIn's important. If you wanna connect with me, please go right ahead. Um, My name is just Izzy Lapidus on there. Um, I'm also on TikTok a little bit, once again, at Izzy Lapidus. I also have a Medium account. Once again, that is Elapidus. Um, I'm trying to think of any other platforms. Oh, yeah, Twitter. I honestly don't really go on Twitter, but sometimes I use Twitter to take screenshots of my tweets to then post on Instagram. So I'd say the main platform, if you want to keep up with me, is definitely on Instagram. Please shoot me a DM. Say hi. I am 
always friendly in DMs and always want to chat. Um, and if you're ever interested in scheduling a call, you want to talk to me about something, you want to, you know, do a Zoom call moment, uh, my email is hello at izzylapidus.com and we can figure out a time that works for the both of us to meet. Um, and thanks so much for, for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Izzy, again for being a guest today. Thank you.